All right, back to podcast, John chapter number three. Um, do want to make an announcement. We will be podcast on Wednesday um, for for a little while now. Anyway, maybe maybe just through uh, February. Uh, I, I went. We went pretty hard through uh, January, and uh, I appreciate everyone's faithful attendance. Uh, to Bible study, and uh, we had good numbers just about every time we met. Uh, but it's so in February, uh, we'll we'll go to an every other week format for a little bit anyway. Uh, so uh, podcast tonight, podcast Wednesday, and um, then the following Wednesday night, which I believe is the fifteenth, if I'm not mistaken, we will be back. Um, We'll be back in in person in Bible study. John chapter 3. John chapter number 3 this evening in podcast. Um, the last time we met, we were in John 3, but we dealt with the new birth. And um, this time, we... Uh, we're going to transition a little bit, and we're going to go into John, uh, John the Baptist. This is John the Beloved talking about John the Baptist, and um, it is it is fascinating to read through John. Every time John the Beloved speaks of himself, he 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 talks he refers to the disciple whom Jesus loved. And uh, so he he never even really t- spoke about himself. It's it's just a great attribute and character trait of these men of God. Um, if you want to know why they were used uh, so greatly by God, look at that. John the Beloved never wanted to be known by himself and who he was. John the Baptist, we'll find, is the same way in our text tonight. Um, Paul was the same way. They, they never cared about uh, reputation. They never cared about their, their names. They never cared about uh, who knew them. And uh, it, it's just, they, they cared about one thing, and it was it was the glory and the honor of God, and um, so we um, we're going to look at John the Beloved, or I'm I'm sorry, John the John the Baptist being written about by John the Beloved tonight, and so let's go to John three. Of course, last time we did talk about the um, the new birth. And then, and so tonight we're going to John the Baptist. So, do you remember here the other week when I was going through, um, I was going through books that had been a benefit to me, books that had been a blessing to me, uh, that I had read in, in my ministry. Um, and as I did, one of them was, was Men God Challenged. Very, very small book. Um, 
I think you can get it for 95 cents on Amazon. I mean, it's the, it's one of those books that would fit in your back pocket. And, um, but it was the first, it was really the first book that I read. I'd, I've been an avid reader since, since probably the third grade. I remember the first book I ever read, of course, was about baseball. And, and, and so for the rest, pretty much until I got saved, uh, I read Louis L'Amour novels and baseball books and, and, you know, I'd mix in a, you know, maybe another fiction book or another biography here and there. And then when I got saved, uh, I become an avid reader of Bible materials, biographies and commentaries, books about the Bible. And it all started with the first one. The first one was a book called Men God Challenged. And in Men God Challenged, it had a chapter on John the Baptist. And so that was really my first exposure to John the Baptist was that book. And so uh, tonight we're going to look at John the Baptist from the Bible and we're going to start in John chapter 3 and verse 25. Very short uh, space. Um, in fact, we probably will just just do just take verses 25 through 36 will be it because when we get into John 4, which will be Wednesday night, uh, it'll be it'll be more lengthy. And so John the Baptist, John chapter 3, verse 25, again, please, and I have to say this, when, when, we, when we do these studies, John the Baptist, John the Beloved are two different people, all right? Something else about John the Baptist, um, or really about us as Baptists, we are not Baptists because of John the Baptist, okay? Okay. We're Baptist because of Baptist distinctives. Uh, in fact, it's got way more to do with doctrine than it does than, than it does anything else, especially the name. And so we, the term Baptist come along uh, as a as a, a insult, really. Um, let me give you a quick quick history on that just because we're we're teaching about John the Baptist and I've run into people that thought they were Baptists because of John the Baptist. So let me address this. Um there was a group of Christians from the beginning the disciples were called believers, the followers of the way or Christians, first called Christians at Antioch. Um but really had no no title other than believers or followers uh, or disciples. Well, uh, what happened was is the Christians began uh, when persecution began to arise, and you you read all about it in the scriptures with John the Beloved, Paul, different ones, James being stoned, Phil, on and on we could go. You know all about the uh, the persecution. Then you get into beyond the Bible, after the Bible years and the martyrs and, and so forth. Well, a lot of persecution amongst Christians. So what happened was the believers 
followers of the way had to begin meeting underground, if you please. And what I mean by underground is in secret and hiding in homes and caves and dens. And we read all about it in the Bible and, uh, and in history. And they got under persecution from, from everyone, Rome, Jews. Well, then the Roman Catholic institution was born, okay, later. Now, much later. You got to remember that. The, 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 we, the Baptists, the, the Bible believers, we came from Christ and the disciples and Antioch, Jerusalem. And then later on, um, and I'm not, I'm not getting into the study of the Roman Catholic institution. I'll do that at some other time. Uh, but it got started. It got started as a result of an attempt to marry the, the church, quote-unquote, with the state and to make the church, quote-unquote, extremely powerful and wealthy. Well, they, they didn't believe in, in converts by winning souls. They believed in conquering and destroying and slaughtering and fighting and persecuting anyone that didn't believe like they did. And so uh, what happened was they hated Baptists. The Catholics hated Baptists, hated us, okay? Despised us. And they, they persecuted us. They, they killed us. They killed our forefathers. They uh, drawn and quartered us. So, so many different things. Uh, whipped us, beat us. Uh, dipped us in burning wax, you, you name it. It, it. it was just horrendous, some of the things, tarred and feathered, uh, some of the things that our forefathers went through. Well, one of the accusations, and it was true, one of the accusations made against the Baptists by the Catholics uh, was we, we baptized by immersion. We did not believe in infant baptism. We believe uh, in the Bible teaching that you are baptized after salvation. You get saved and then you get baptized. That's what the Bible teaches. We're very clear, very, very understanding on that. Well, the Catholics teach a sprinkling at birth, right? or shortly thereafter birth. So that being the case, understanding that, uh, when people would get saved that had been Catholics, had been uh, sprinkled at birth, the, ba- the Catholics began to say that they were getting rebaptized, and and uh, began to call us Anabaptists, meaning uh, rebaptizers. Well, over time, the name Anna got dropped, and we were just known as Baptist. So, having said all that, I want to say we did not get our name from John the Baptist. We got our name from the Catholics who used the term Baptist or Anabaptist as a slander against us. Now, having said all that, let's talk about John the Baptist. Then there arose, this is John 3, verse 25. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. Why is that? Well, the the Jews were 
hung up on traditions and hung up on laws and hung up on outward purification. And so they they were always looking to question John and to question the disciples. <clears throat> and the Bible says, And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. So <clears throat> now Jesus, you remember Jesus got his public start in the ministry or start of his ministry uh, at his baptism, being baptized of John. And from that point forward, after getting baptized, he went forth and he started uh, preaching the kingdom of God. He started preaching about being saved. He started healing, started doing all kinds of wonderful things. Well, he got a following. And when he got a following, that began to trouble the Jews. And so now they're going to John questioning John about Jesus. People are such cowards. They've not really changed their methods. Instead of going to the source, they go to John to ask John about Jesus and begin to question him about Jesus and some, some ways that things that Jesus is doing. And so they go to John and they begin to rise a question. John answered, verse 27, and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. So he's telling them, look, what Jesus is doing, what this man is doing, the things that he's accomplishing is being done and being accomplished by the power of God from heaven. Verse 28, Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I sent and am sent before him. So John's very clear with them. I'm not the Christ. I've come before Christ, and, but I, and I've come as to be sent before him. I am the forerunner. I'm the one preparing the way the voice of one crying in the wilderness. So you remember, for 400 years, you've got Malachi closing, and it's what we call the spiritual dark ages. You hear nothing from God. You don't hear of a prophet. You don't hear a king. You don't hear a priest. You don't hear a priest. you got no books of the Bible written for 400 years from Malachi to Matthew. And then all of a sudden, here comes this wild man out in the wilderness uh, eating locust and wild honey and dressed like somebody crazy, bearded, long hair. I mean, he definitely wouldn't make it in today's pulpit either. And he began to preach, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Behold, uh, there's one coming after me whose shoe latchet I'm not worthy to unloose. And uh, I baptize you with water. He's going to baptize you with fire and of the Holy Ghost. Just proclaiming Jesus. So John the Baptist is the first one on the scene after 400 years of dark ages, 400 years of not hearing from heaven, not hearing from God, not hearing from any disciples or any books of the Bible written. And here comes John, John the Baptist. He's preaching the word and the kingdom of God. And he's preaching Jesus. So... Now they come to John and they want to know what, what in the world's going on. Who is this fella? Who are you talking about? Who are you preaching about? He says, look, nothing can come except it be given from heaven. And then he says, you yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. 
He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. One of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Probably the second or third message I ever preached in my life was from this text. First First message I ever preached was Luke 16 on hell. Second message I ever preached was pretty sure this one. Pretty sure this verse right here. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. That was John's mindset. That was John's power. That was John's makeup. That's his thought process. That's who John, that is the epitome of who John the Bula or Baptist was. He must increase and I must decrease. Now, within the scope and the context of this, John the Baptist is saying, I'm stepping off of the scene. I had my six month ministry. Now, let me talk about that a minute. When, when my my wife left, when she she left, one of the hardest things to deal with at the time was my fear that the minute my I may be done, you know, ministry may be. Now over time, I've reconciled that with the Bible and and uh, and seen the the passages of scripture that teach that I wasn't done. But at the time, I I thought I may be. I didn't know. I was scared. I was worried. I was was broken. I was broken in a million pieces. Because at the time, I'd probably been preaching 10 years. 10 years. You know, now, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was a little longer than 10 years. It's probably 12, 13. But now I'm approaching... I'm approaching 30 years. But at the time, I thought, that is that it? Am I never going to preach again? Am I never going to get to finish my course with joy? Am I not going to get to finish for Jesus? That was my mindset at the time. Excuse me, I didn't, I didn't know this was going to happen in podcast tonight, but I remember thinking to myself, is this it? Am I never going to teach or preach or be used of God again, scared to death. And I remember God reminded me before He ever showed me that I wasn't done, He showed me this. If I've had 12 years to give Him everything I had, and I did, I did, that 12 years I give Him everything I had, everything I had, And if I had 12 years to give him everything I had, that's 11 and a half more years than John the the Baptist had. John the Baptist had a six-month ministry. Six months. That's it. He preached six months. He come on, he lived out in the wilderness. He, He heard from God. He got touched from heaven. He got the message. He come forth. He preached the word of God. 
And when he preached the word of God for six months, Jesus come on the scene and he said, he must increase, I must decrease. Now, John was a very charismatic figure. John was a, a strong figure. He's a very strong personality. And he knew that. And he was never going to try to steal or take a spotlight or thunder from Christ. So he said, I'm stepping in the, I'm stepping in the background. I'm getting out of the way because the Christ is here. But you know, that was the immediate context with John the Baptist. But I can tell you many, many other ways we should decrease and he should increase. Many other ways that, that the world, uh, people, Christians, the lost, the ministry need less of Sean Brigman and more of Jesus Christ. Not my will, but thine, O Lord. Not my will, but thine, O Lord. So I want to be clear on that. He must increase and I must decrease. I've got to get out of the way. I've, I've got to not, not let my will be at the forefront. I've got to decrease so he can increase. My will has to decrease. So his will will increase. That's what John's saying. Verse 31, He that cometh from above is all. And he that is of earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. And he that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He hath received his testimony, hath set to, to his seal that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. And the Father loveth the Son, and hath given him all things into his hands. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth in him. So John's last message, if you please, was that. They come to ask about him. They come to talk about him. They, they come to find out who he was versus who Jesus was. And when he comes, he, he starts with that message. He starts with that thought. He must increase and I must decrease. It's time for me to get out of the way. It's time for me to move aside. And it's time for the world, for the world to be exposed to the greatest thing, the greatest thing that's ever been experienced, okay? And that's Jesus Christ. The last message John ever preached was he must increase and I must decrease. Now, I'm going to go on a little bit further, but John chapter 3 wraps up. And we go through that early part with Nicodemus. And as we go through that early part with Nicodemus, Jesus proclaims, you must be born again. You must be born again. It's just a, just a wonderful, wonderful 
message to Nicodemus. And so the Jews begin to see everything that Jesus is doing. And so they go to John the Baptist and say, hey, who is this? John begins to proclaim the deity of Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. He is from heaven. He is my earthly cousin through earthly lineage. But I'm going to tell you, he's much more than that. He is from heaven. He's Jesus. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. Now, John proclaims that very adamantly and with assurance. But I want you to um, look with me in John 11. John, I'm, I'm sorry, Matthew 11. And uh, we've got something going on here. Matthew 11, you'll also find this in Luke 7. Matter of fact, we may look, look at it in Luke. Go to Luke, I'm sorry, go to Luke 7. We're working on John the Baptist's life. Luke 7. Luke chapter number 7. And um, let's look in verse 13. Now you remember, remember what John's proclamation is. Remember all that we've talked about with John. Remember John has has proclaimed Jesus. He's a cousin to Jesus. He's got a six-month ministry. His last message was he must increase, I must decrease. He, he's willing to step aside. He said, this, this one's from heaven. This is the Son of God. I'm not he. He is he. I mean, it, he's doing everything right. Everything right. Now watch this. John chapter 7 and verse 19, at this point, John has been imprisoned. Uh, he's been imprisoned because he has uh, preached against sin. He's preached against adultery. He said, it's not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Uh, and, and here he is in prison. He's been cast in prison. With the death sentence, mind you, John's head's going to be on a charger very soon. A charger is a is one of those plates with the cover, like a turkey, amen. So John's sitting on death row, six-month ministry. All he's done is proclaim Jesus. Goes right along with the message this morning. The message this morning was when you wonder why and how, how you know, what when you question God and where, where your mind gets to and, and all of that. And here's where John's at. So I got a question for you tonight. We've been talking about salvation, talking about salvation on podcast, talking about salvation on Wednesday nights, what it is, saved man, carnal man, lost man, uh, spiritual man. Can a saved person doubt? Well... Let's look in John or Luke 7, verse number 19. And John calling unto him two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, so John's in prison. John's in prison. And he calls two of his disciples over to him. They visit him. They're coming to see him and so forth. And he, 
John calling unto him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? John's looking at his life. He's looking at his circumstance. He's looking at the fact that all he's done has been faithful, love God, love Jesus, proclaim Jesus, got out of the way so Jesus could uh, start his ministry. And now he's in prison. You know, I've been there. All I want to do is preach and pastor, love people, love kids, raise, raise a family. And then this happens. Battles, fights. I've seen it in our church. All I want to do is start a church, serve God, love God. This one gets mad. That one gets mad. I ain't never seen it like a people get mad. I, I didn't experience this in, in the mountains too much. I guess it was honeymoon period or I don't know what, but now it seems like everybody's mad all the time about something or people prone to get mad. And you wonder why. All I want to do is serve God. All I want to do is love God. All I want to do is that which is right. Well, that's where John is. John's never had a negative thing said about him. Not one. He's loved Jesus. He's served God. He's proclaimed Jesus. He's got out of the way. Now he's in jail for preaching uh, against adultery. He's on death row. He's about to be sentenced to death. So he calls his disciples over to the prison and he says, I want you to go back to Jesus. I want you to go to him and ask him, is he the one that we should serve or should we look for another? Is it really you? Are you really real? Because look at the situation I'm in and all I've done is proclaimed Christ. And when the men, verse 20, when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come or look we for another? And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Now watch Jesus' answer. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way, tell John what things ye have seen and heard. And how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So offenses shall come, but blessed is the man that won't be offended in him. It's another verse that God used to help me and to strengthen me. When he said, don't take offense at what I choose to do in your life. And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. So the messengers come, they ask Jesus publicly in front of everybody, are you the one or he, should he come for another, look for another? Jesus performs and commits some miracles. He turns to them. He said, now you go tell John I'm him. Tell John what you've seen. Tell John what you've seen accomplished. And so they go to leave to tell John. And then verse 24, and when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. So now he turns back to the crowd lest anyone question John for doubting, lest anyone think illy of John for doubting, lest anyone think that John's not much of a Christian for doubting, look at what Jesus does. What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? Said you went and followed him. Why did you go and follow him? 
You didn't go and follow him because he's somebody that's just blown and tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. No, you went out to see a man, a man of God that stood firm and stood straight. Verse 28, but what went you out for to see a man clothed in soft raiment? Did you go out there to see a man in his nice tailored suits? Behold, they which were gorgeously apparelled and lived delicately are in king's courts. But what went ye out for to see, a prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Now watch what Jesus says to the crowd about John the Baptist. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women... That's every one of us. There is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. How about that? This man doubted Jesus Christ. Okay, now what does this tell me? That tells me that Christians can go through times of depression. Christians can go through times of darkness. Christians can go through times of challenge and still be Christians. Matter of fact, John doubted Jesus. He said, are you the one that should come or look we for another? Are you really him? Because it don't seem like you're him because look where my life has gotten me. Look where the ministry has taken me. Look at my situation. And instead of condemning him, instead of judging him, Jesus turns to that crowd of people and he says, let me tell you about John. Don't you think ill of John. Don't you look down on John. You went out and you listened to John preach because he was a man and a man of God. He wasn't dressed in fine clothing. He had, had camel's hair all over him, linen girdle, I mean leather girdle. He, he thundered the word of God. And I'm telling you, among those born of women, there's not a greater than John the Baptist. You can take Moses. You can take Elijah. You can take Elisha. You can take Jeremiah. You can take Isaiah. You can take all those great men, stack them up together, and none of them are as good as John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said about John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said about John the Baptist. So lest you ever think ill of John the Baptist, lest you think ill of a brother or sister in Christ that goes through a hard, difficult, dark, dreary, depressed time, lest you ever think think ill of somebody that that's going through a difficult time in their in their spiritual journey you don't forget about John the Baptist a man who loved God who went through a difficult trial who even doubted Jesus in the middle of it and Jesus said there's never been one greater than John the Baptist now let's finish this and we'll, we'll be done I know I've went a little long watch this so good so good, man. So as he, he proclaims that, he says, John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So what that's saying is, is that we have the potential within us, even the least of us, down to the, to the child, has the potential within the kingdom of God to be even better than John. This message is not really about us. It's a lesson to us. It's a lesson that 
we're to pray and be challenged with the fact that in our lives we need to get to the place where we're, we decrease and Jesus increases. And give it all and give more and love him more and draw closer to him. But when we do and when we go through difficult, hard and hurting times, depressed times, despondent times, when we go through those times, help us to remember, help us to always remember that Jesus loves us, he has compassion on us, he's not going to give up on us and he's not going to forsake us. And he does that with the example of John the Baptist. Because when everyone would be wide open to questioning John the Baptist and his, is he real? Is he true? I just don't know about him. I knew he wasn't, I knew he was fake. And Jesus turns and he says, among those born of women, there's none greater than this man. Don't question him. This has been the remainder of John chapter three in a real quick, not very in depth, but Enough for podcast tonight. Study on John the Baptist, this great man that Jesus used. Hope you have a good evening. We'll continue in John 4 on Wednesday night. Good night. God bless. I love each of you.